and that's why you don't go to cotillions anymore. You just don't. You don't go to you avoid cotillions. You I don't avoid even know cotillions. Where that is. What's cotillions? A cotillion is like a southern dance. Kind oh. Of thing. Kind of like uh well, it doesn't pop. even sound like fun. Cotillion? It, it hey, do you want to go to the cotillion tonight? No, I don't. No, well, no there, there are a what lot of cotillions. Like uh there's a cotillion there's there are a lot of cotillions. Um they're all in the south and they're all you shouldn't go to them. Um but anyway, <laughs> or you can if you want to. I don't know. Welcome to Tuesday night, loud and nerdy. Uh my name is JW Cole. I'm joined as always by my incredible co-host, comedian extraordinaire, Paul Spratt. Paul, how was your weekend? How was your week? How is uh, life treating you? What's going on? What's happening? I uh, did nothing all weekend. Like did legit nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Fair enough. It was fantastic. <laughs> I do jack shit. It was amazing. Well, I um, I think one of the things that that is interesting about as we finish up this this holiday thing or this this little. Um, you know, where we, it, we I just, mean, we're... everybody's treating this weekend as the first weekend we're all like technically free. So, I don't think we <laughs> are. I think there's the gonna news, be one. I, according to the news, I, I think, this is I think there's gonna first be one this weekend. Don't you, get the feeling, don't you get the feeling that there's gonna be one more surge, one more crazy? Like, don't you get that, that feeling? I, I don't know. No, I hate to say it, I hate to bring it up. I think, I think we're gonna get one more crazy little like just a thing to remind hey uh i'm here you know what i mean like you know what i'm saying like i think we're gonna get um one more crazy little thing everybody's over it i i think everybody's over it i just don't think covid's over us is where i'm well, going no, with COVID's this not over um, us, but who cares but i, I think well I, everybody should <laughs> care but at this point I'm, um, I'm so exhausted I, so, of the whole thing <laughs> Well, the thing is exhausting, and that's that's the problem with it. And the exhausting thing is, what what we've started to discover is that people have a lot of time on their hands. So, like you and you and I, every week we go over stories, and every Why week is your title so long again. Because I like, like it. It's the most it. aggressive. So many words. It's almost the whole square. It's almost your whole square. <laughs> that's what I was. You want me to extend it out? I'll try to. Extend You're like it out. the and more of Facebook, where I scroll I, I, by and I go, fine. "Fuck that! Uh, I'm not reading I, I'm that." Not, I'm not reading, reading that. That's fine. You can do that. You can make that. Ch- you can make, it's that not is. a diatribe. It's my name. You could just then... have the nerdy, and I think people would get it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, people I want to make sure it. they understand. I don't want them to just call me nerdy. Um. You and I go over. You and I go over stuff every week. We come up with stuff for the show. We talk about what we're going to watch. If you want to like, call it we, that, <laughs> we, we do. We plan. It's a planning. It's not. It's not aggressive. It's not you and I sitting in a production meeting and going over stuff. But it, it, we plan things out. And every week we come up with one story that's so utterly ridiculous. It's just based on people having way too much time. Well, this one um, slooped in at the last minute. This was like a this one did slip in. This yeah, is a buzzer Tuesday, beater June story 1st. that came out right before this the is the, yeah, it came out today. So L. Kemper, Ellie Kemper, who is uh, famous for The Office and uh, basically uh, being part of the the wonderful Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt show, um, apparently went to a party in 1999. Uh, for this uh, this organization called the uh, the Veil Prophet, uh, St. Louis Veil Prophet. 
she went to the ball. She was crowned the queen of love and beauty in 1999. And this ball is not a good ball. There's been a lot of stories about this ball. Whether or not it has ties to the KKK cannot be proven. But was there but stories of it when she was like 19? Because this is when it happened. So she, was this, she was 19 years old. Well, yeah. The thing's been going on for, for uh, you know, almost 100 years. So it, it started in 1848. It's always had problems. It's always had questionable things. Um, I was reading up on it a little bit. And basically, it was, it was basically created in 1878 by white com- uh, male community leaders. They created something called the Mystic Order of the Veiled Prophet of the Enchanted Realm, which sought to recreate the Mardi Gras type of community-wide celebration for St. Louis that happens in New Orleans. <laughs> um, and, of course, what it's... What a dumbass name for a dance. Why it's do, bad. Racist bad. people need but, better but here's PR. The thing. That's what here's they need. The this is put, that's so, what yeah. a dumb name for a dance. Well, just, it's you're, a Veiled you're... Prophet dance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to be the Veiled Prophet. Well, just but that's the thing. I guess the dance has some sort of veiled prophet. He's the guy that makes all the picks on who the most beautiful girl like is. So there's a Q whole before there's Q. A whole, he was the yeah, veiled prophet. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't Maybe know. Q gets invited I, to the veiled prophet dance. I don't. Now. I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is that Ellie Kemper's parents are very well respected. She was going to Princeton at the time, and they're, they're very well respected in the St. Louis community. And it's kind of like. It's kind of like a cotillion type thing for a debutante of St. Louis. They basically come out. Wait, and she grew up. Out. She she grew up rich. She's super saying. rich. That's the other. Uh, that's the other reason why the shoes dropping. Then fuck her. She didn't. <laughs> she, she, she had didn't, it easy she, this whole time. She gets to deal with some adversity yeah, now. She, she went to Princeton. She gets. Didn't wait tables. But <laughs> dad runs a bank. Mom is a is a professor at Princeton. Or a, an academic uh, dean also, at Pr- Princeton. So that article that I sent you, that person did not seem bitter whatsoever. In that, I mean, I'm being completely sarcastic because no, this no. guy seemed bitter as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he was like immediately like, well, this chick didn't have to a- wait tables. Like she can go fuck herself. Like well, rich people shouldn't be movie stars. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's a weird it's a weird article, but it's also somebody like didn't make thing. it. She was <laughs> like, nineteen. She was nineteen years old. She's 40 yeah, now. She's so know? here's the thing. The only reason this should come up, right? I, I was thinking about it, right? Like, what are the reasons this should come up? Like, she went to a questionable ball. Uh, she was 19. Parents sent Just her like, to this ball. You do what you, you do. It, your parents made a lot of bad decisions for you. You did a lot of dumb things when you were younger that you didn't have a moral compass or whatever. If How are you supposed Ellie to know? Kemper, wait, no, wait. I guess if at 19 Ellie, you're supposed to know. But, but, but here's the thing, Paul. What I'm going to say if Ellie Kemper did something this week that was inherently racist, then you trot this out and you go, well, right? Even this but is this still is a just, stretch. It's a stretch. It is still it's a, a stretch, hard stretch. But you have to, it's a hard, it's a hard stretch. stretch. But you have, don't you have to have something happen before somebody starts digging through your trash to the point well, where you're it's like, also wild because she seems like the nicest lady ever. And somebody had to look for this. Somebody had to look for this. Like, Did listen, he, if and, listen, and, we're going to stretch to cancel people, do it to shitty people. <laughs> like, well, that's why you, if, if, the nicest lady if, ever being like, look at this. If Ellie Kemper had done something horrible this week, if she had hit a baby or punched a puppy or killed a seal or so, something where you go, oh, see, she went to that ball they in 1999. She punched a puppy in no, the face. No, 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 but what I'm saying is this is the type of thing that 
helps to extra cancel somebody. This is not something where you should cancel somebody because in, when she was 19, her parents made her go to some ball that she was crowned the queen of. And now you, you dub it the queen of the KKK. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just First of a, all, it's a quick, fast cancel. And it's one of those things where you just go, I, did she do something this week? Did, did, did I miss something? Did Ellie Kemper do something horrible? You know, did she make fun of Maya Bialik hosting Jeopardy? Or did she did she go crazy about something? Or did she spit something at a barista? Like, anything that gives me pause to go, why do I need to dig through her trash and find out what kind of a human she is? And that's not the case. The case Boredom. is this was just... It was just thrown out there. Somebody noticed her picture. Somebody threw a picture of the event out, which is, again, questionable event, terrible event, not, not the most inclusive, although recently they've tried to get more inclusive. Not an inclusive event run How by does white an event people. Event like that, try and get more inclusive. When it's well, like you, anti-inclusive, you, you throw you throw a proverbial, you throw a proverbial. Also, everybody, uh, queen, you, th- you throw a proverbial queenship towards an African American or towards uh, a, a Latinx person, or you you eventually <laughs> you try to be inclusive. But and and that's the thing. I, so I look at it and I just go, if she hasn't done anything horrible, somebody noticing her picture on Twitter and going. Apparently, Ellie Kemper has been. Uh, it was at the Queen of the KKK St. Louis Ball. Apparently, is she's not kept it a secret for thirty fair. years well, through that's two the other giant thing. successful TV shows. That's the other thing. So it, it was, <laughs> like, but she made it through the that's, office. That's and... the, right. She made it all this way. She's worked with a lot of people. She's and, co-starred and with a. She's been uh, inclusive. <laughs> Her shows have been very inclusive. Yeah. So, like, it, it is, seems to me that maybe at nineteen, her parents. Sent her to a debutante ball. She Why said can't we yes. Just cancel Twitter. Can we cancel Twitter? <laughs> Let's just cancel Twitter. I, I'm over too, it. I don't even it's, use it. It's, I hate it's Twitter. Too big. It's too big. It's no, gotten it's too not. big. Paul. Let's just shut it's it off. I, I don't know. So it, it's just the weirdest story of the week. And I just look at it and I go, um, unless she did something specifically bad this week that leads me down a rabbit hole, like why would you know, like sometimes people do something so stupid and then you go, why okay now that you've done something stupid now i have to question you on everything else and then something else comes up no you Tell shouldn't me, still dig that's dumb let's cancel let's cancel no, people for the no, dumb shit like, they're doing right now not cancel the whedon thing the whedon thing is a perfect example the whedon yeah, thing is a perfect he was getting away with it forever you well, that's what I mean. Like, all right, well, but Ellie the Camper has there, like a bad day. The then they're like, right, well, she was the, racist 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> what? The digging, well, but that's the thing. She didn't even have a bad day. The digging in the no. Whedon thing was directly a direct result of somebody coming up and going, hey, I just want you to know what happened to me. And then other well, people chimed in. Imagine. And then you start digging. Yeah, then you figure it out. But this Ellie Camper thing. Can you imagine just being Ellie Camper and just wake up one day and you're like, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? What? I don't have a career anymore. Netflix canceled my show, and yeah, I don't have any other prospects. What happened? Um, okay, so that's or a bad apologizing because you went to a dance when you were nineteen. Oh my bad. Also, let's cancel dances where people get crowned kings and queens because that shit's bullshit too. <laughs> well, and and yes, and especially if it's crown. Let's do it. If it's got a history of uh, non-inclusivity, I would agree with. I don't want to cancel dances All where people them. get crowns because you know I was homecoming. So I don't want to do that. Felt like shit at I, because they weren't. I don't want to do that. I was I was prom king. I don't want to do that. I was prom king. I don't want to do that. I was prom. I wasn't prom queen. It's prom king. Yeah, I think people they they Should've really set your sights higher. 
the really good looking popular people didn't want to didn't want the responsibility of it and all the votes got thrown my way partially as a joke and i was waiting for pig's blood to fall from the sky but anyway that was just me um it was a good week i won student council president that week too um but anyway we do have a good movie motivation tonight i was pretty popular in high school for a fat guy i was pretty popular yeah i was not popular um i don't even think i i don't even think i went to be honest I was just like I was. This. I, I had I had a, a gorgeous uh, prom date as well. Like she was stunning. Um, she mm. like it was. She was like she didn't want to go. I was a junior. She was a senior. A week oh, before the prom, man. she came and asked me, and she's like, "Hey, oh, nothing happened." She was, you know, we were friends. We we're just good friends. Um, and she's like, "I really need a date, and you're like the nicest person here that isn't going." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And we went, and you know, all kinds. Where are you going to go? Wasn't even gonna go. Yeah, and she talked me into it. She was a really, she's a cool kid. Prom, Her name is Crystal. Came. She was amazing. She was incredible. We, we're still in touch today. She still sends me messages. She's amazing. Um, but we do have a good movie motivation tonight. I'm excited. Rich Dries is gonna join us. And uh, hopefully, I break my streak because this is it's been bad. It's I feel like your streak's run. been bad. It's Hasn't a, been good. A one. I, I I don't even think I would be in AAA at this time. What did you just do? Jesus. You're putting up the instruction comments. <laughs> I was like, what is comments this? Quiet okay. today. Nobody's in the comments today. Nobody's in the comments. It's very quiet. I wonder if everybody's mad. Maybe we're mad because we started the other campus. I don't really care. Um, but we're going to talk to Rich Drees in a moment. Well, I do care if they're mad at us, but I don't know why they would be. That's how we start everything. Oh, they'd be mad. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it starts out slow, and then we, we, well, we jump into everybody things. Everybody doesn't um, like the Tuesday. Everybody's mad about the Tuesday. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I need you. I need you working and happy and and People producing like, ah, on, on Tuesdays stage. Are the worst. I'm like, how is Tuesday not better than Wednesday? If Tuesday, if Tuesdays are the worst, that's great. You should want to watch our show. Um, or listen. Yeah, to well, it. it's like also like uh, there's more cool stuff happens on Wednesdays than Tuesdays. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Taco um, Tuesday, I guess. Am I like inhibiting Taco are, Tuesday? You're 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 jumping in on people's Taco Tuesdays. I'm fucking up Taco um, Tuesday. Do you want to bring we Rich in now? We'll talk about bigger stuff. Yeah, Taco. Rich looks like he's looking. Louder. Looks like he's reading. I think some he's dirty magazine. I think he's not. He's not. It's a, it's a moonlighting book. Reading. Let's let's bring Rich in now. There's a book about moonlighting. All right, let me play the movie motivation. Well, look, it's it's da- it's clearly <laughs> David Madison and. I It's only a small square. Darn right there's a book about moonlighting. What? Just came out How the... Who wrote it? Uh, Scott Ryan put it together. It's an oral history. They interviewed everybody involved with the show with the exception of Bruce Willis. They couldn't make the interview happen, he said. Because yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to talk to Bruce Willis right now. He's a mean person. So when Stallone and Schwarzenegger are like, "You're a dick," you know you are. You're not doing well. Uh, but it's hard to believe that a TV show that was as monumental as Moonlighting never had like a really good retrospective written about it until now. And, um, and I got it last week. I'm surprised it hasn't. And I'm loving it. I'm surprised it hasn't been re- rebooted. Also, it's one of those shows that you, not that you could, you could get the magic but i, I, I like bet you could get Sybil Shepherd. for moonlighting i bet you i bet you could get Sybil shepherd back though i bet you in a heartbeat you could get Sybil shepherd back 
But Rich, let's you let's know, talk. The last Rich. thing I want is more TV shows with people who are ancient and know they're just doing it for money. I actually, I actually kind of like it. Uh, I like when people and know exactly what they're what we're Remember doing when you it tried for. To bring I'm back okay the with Murphy it. Brown show. Oh. I, Murphy Brown actually worked. The reboot actually worked. The show. What it I worked for a, one season before it got canceled. Yeah, but they were only going to do it for one season. Oh, they're only going to do it they, for one season. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is even the fucking point? <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it. I didn't think Murphy Brown hit its stride until about the sixth or seventh episode. Felt like the first couple episodes were like, we have so much shit to get out about Trump and everything, and they just kind of like bleh, barfed yeah. it all out. Right. Then once they got that out, the they rest got their of the stride back. They got more, more right. They, they got they got their they got their timing back. Like when mm-hmm. you when you when you're not in contact, like. Well, that's going to happen with a lot of us. We're going to all go to bars and stuff with people to talk about movies after a movie and stuff. And we're all going to be out of our sorts trying to just talk on top of each other because that's what happens on Zoom calls. Um, but, Rich, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about a couple things because you and I talk about movie stuff all the time and we, we talk True. about different things that are going on. First thing I want to talk about is this incredibly crazy Paramount Plus thing, right? So... <laughs> I don't know what studios are planning, right? I don't know what they're thinking, but Antoine Fuqua is a pretty, a pretty good action movie director, and mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg is a pretty sturdy, profitable film star. I think that's a slam at you, Rich. No, 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 no. no, but no, no, no they did a Punky Brewster reboot. Oh. Uh, um, but but they have this movie called Infinite, right? That's coming out. I hadn't seen any previews for it. And then I looked up, and it's literally premiering on Friday on Paramount+. Plus. And not only is it a surprise to me and Paul and you, it's a surprise <laughs> to Antoine Fuqua and Mark Wahlberg. Because now they, they don't have... all the corner directors felt. Yes, and they, don't, and they also don't have anything in their contract that, that deals with this. Mm-hmm. Because well, a lot would? of these... But everybody at this point, anybody that has a movie in the pipeline, I'm saying, should be going to their agents and going, um, "What's the, what's Plan B? If my we movie gets shit, we need yeah. to repair ourselves." And I think, like when, like, and what I was telling um, Paul about that, I think is amazing. The only studio that's done any kind of like reconnaissance, not the only studio, but the only studio we've heard about because the negotiations are with such big stars, is Disney. Disney did a whole thing that they did with Scarlett Johansson, and they did a whole thing with Emily Blunt and The Rock with two Temple movies for the summer, Black Widow and Jungle Cruise. And they basically went to them and basically said, yes, your movies are going to premiere in theaters. Yes, your movies are also going to premiere on Disney Plus as the as the premiere option, and we're going to renegotiate these contracts so that they're fair, because those kind of actors have back-end profits, and I was thinking about it, like what ha- what would happen if Batman eighty nine was released on streaming by Warner Brothers? Jack Nicholson would not be a rich man <laughs> because that deal that deal was one of the single greatest deals ever cut, and it was all back end and merchandise. Mm-hmm. So, and you- what what do you think? Do you think this is a cultural shift? Do you think this is a big a big sea change? I think we're going to start seeing more and more uh, actors and creatives, writers, directors who can command those back ends 
uh, gross point deals, never a net point deal. Um, they're going to start demanding in their contracts certain provisions for those uh, points if a project moves from theatrical to streaming instead for Premiere. I would not be surprised if in the next, whatever the next um, SAG and DGA contract negotiations And the start, WGA too, WGA as well. WGA, um, and even the Producers Guild might, you know, because producers get back end points too. I would not be surprised if we start seeing like all of these guys getting that built into the standard contracts. Um, How do you figure that out though? Like streaming back end, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, so it's, it's not so much. Yeah, they, you know, you have to tell us how many people you know viewed the product, and we base it on that. You know, there's going to be new formulas created. Well, they, they, the one sticky for about ten years. The one, right? It's going to be it's going to be really sticky. And the one, like the one that's coming up is uh, Quiet Place Part Two had a huge weekend, about mm -hmm. fifty-seven million dollars uh, over the weekend, which is the biggest. Pre, but even uh, they had to fight about that. John well, they, and Emily but they went, had to fight the studios they went, about they that. They went directly, and they're still fighting with Paramount about it. So Paramount isn't making a lot of friends. Like, the, the place is not making friends. Paramount, Warner Brothers, place is making friends. Disney. Disney goes, hey, <laughs> hey, we're all friends here. We have a giant mouse house. Come live with us. And, <laughs> uh, so, but I just think it's a real interesting thing that this is, first off, it's not going to discuss more, but the Mark Wahlberg thing, right off the bat, like I just like I was reading the article, going, uh, he's like, I didn't know it was even going to premiere. I thought it was going to be like, we were under the impression it was going to be one of their big action titles of the year. Well, because I also kind of heard... feel like they did it to Mark, because Mark's in that weird place where he's still a big name, but I think he's on his way to straight to DVD land, if that makes any sense. Like he's not boxed <laughs> up as Marky Mark. Like straight to, to streaming is the new straight to DVD in certain. Yeah. So. Ways. Well, and actually, um, he, he doesn't really care about it. He like I think he's not the person to do this to. Like he's the opposite of the person to do it to. Yeah. Because not only does he have movies that still open and gross box office, but he has made deals with Netflix. So I look at it like, I, yeah, mm -hmm. he did. He did the he did the Spencer for Hire movie, which was yeah. He's just. All the you studios know, are pissing great, off but... all the Boston dudes. <laughs> Between well, John Krasinski and Mark Wahlberg. But it's just one of those things where I look at it and I go, I don't understand. Like, at some point, this pandemic is going to be over. Not over, over in the sense of ever being over, over. But at some point, there's gonna, you're going to have to get over the the mechanics of it and realize that there's yeah, two different... streaming still going to exist. That's why my point is, is this mm -hmm. is not a problem that's going to go away. Well, so, it, it, the problem. I wouldn't even be surprised. Go away. I think if the problem. Amazon problem approaches Daniel Craig and goes, "Hey, how thoughts on No Time to Die also being?" No, no, you don't think they so. Can't. Well, the, wait, this is a good thing. Wait, this, this, yeah, this is a great. This is a great thing. But yeah. Rich and I have been discussing this all week because nobody's well, gotten now they own MGM. Right. Nobody's gotten this story. Right. No, no. Wait, here's this is the Eon, Rich Eon tell, has him. A tell him. Tell him, velvet glove fist of control over the bond franchise uh they basically own it and have a deal with mgm where mgm kind of co-finances and then distributes and then they split the money a certain way and i think sony has the um uh, or Foreign sony rights. or universal has the international rights yeah. and everything and so there's Eon, no way that Eon, MGM right. 
could say, yeah, we're going to, you know, oh, we got bought up by Amazon. And well, first of all, the Amazon deal isn't closed. So MGM has to continue to work and continue on as usual until they actually sign on the dotted line. Um, and that's not going to be for like six months at least because of all the regulatory hurdles. So we'll probably have no time to die in theaters before any of that clears anyways. Oh, uh, well, thank Jesus. But even, <laughs> even if that wasn't the case, Eon is dead set on having that movie premiere theatrically. They turned down, what was it? Like a ridiculous amount. 400 like million or something like that? 400 million. It was six, wasn't Netflix. it 600 million? Wasn't it 600? I just... I'm well, no, but, but that's but that's the thing. Eon, Eon, and and, and it's one of the things that Rich and I have been like, and I, it's one of those things when you're a movie nerd like Rich and I, and I'm, and not an insult, just a just a general truth. He he and I at some point we we text message each other about this deal. This deal it looks great on paper and it establishes Amazon, and it's a great headline thing. Eon, you know, a- Amazon buys Bond and. Amazon buys the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is owned by Turner and owned by owned by Warner Brothers. It's they still have the rights. So a lot of these movies that they think are going to go to go to Amazon are not. And then Bond is such the Broccoli family when they formed Eon and basically they've been running it like basically the Broccoli's have used the Bond license as a way to keep their family well fed for eternity. <laughs> and so. So it's one of those things where, you know, like I heard somebody go, somebody was like on and I, I Rich and I, Rich and I have been sitting in the sidelines going, T, they're, they're idiots. <laughs> somebody wrote an article, wouldn't Bond be great on television? No. Wouldn't, wouldn't Bond be a great series? And it's like, no. So here's the thing. You know how we can't <laughs> get Batman on the CW? Eon is way more, more uh, like protective of their property than even than even Warner Brothers with Batman, like right. they're like they're so dead set against a series, against an offshoot, against anything that taints the product, that they're not going to let that go through. And then they they bought up this this library, and there are some good movies in the library. I'm not going to lie, there are incredible works in the library that are going to be worthwhile for Amazon to have, mainly because they can pull them from other places. So HBO mm-hmm. Max won't have a Sons of the Lambs. Or, or I Netflix. think that's the reasoning behind all of it. Is right, that they but also the, the reason they want library for streaming and for remaking. Right, right. They but, want the li- they want the IP. They want the they want the stuff. Like I'll give you something that that could happen. Stargate, go go at it. We haven't had a great Stargate thing in a while. Do whatever the hell you want to do. That's owned by MGM. I could easily see a Stargate series on Amazon. And I'm not going to lie to you, people would watch it because those shows, while not fantastic, struck a nerve with people. That movie, while not fantastic, Kurt Russell's great in it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, if yeah, you but that's like out, a one. No, actually, the TV show is really good. Stargate. The, the, but the, show, they, like, the Stargate shows the were good. Shows then they teetered good. off. But and like I'm saying, that's a trash. property. <laughs> right. Right. That, that's a property that that Amazon could buy up and go, I'm happy. But it's one of those things. Where you just like this Eon sale, this this sale to Amazon, MGM, all the product, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, The Wizard of Oz is now owned by Jeff Bezos." It's like, no, no, no. Casablanca no. isn't owned by Jeff Bezos. Like these are like the the really smart. Like Turner was really smart with the stuff that they 
when they bought the brand, they really they took everything and cut it away from like the major library titles away from and put it towards Warner Brothers where it's going to stay, which is yeah. incredible. Um, one other quick question for you, Rich, and then we'll do movie motivation. Okay. okay. So do you think uh, Paul is under the impression that movie going is dead? And I'm Wait, saying, what? didn't you say movie going was dead because of theaters are dead because streaming is going to keep on popping itself up? I think oh, were you just were it's you just talking danger, about just... but I don't think the stream I don't think movies going directly to streaming is going to go away. That's what I'm saying. Same what day it... thing might even okay. though HBO was like, "Hey, this is I just for a year." Year. Like I'm pretty I... sure it's going to keep going cuz now every studio let HBO Max get shit on and then HBO Max like did okay and then Disney was like, "Hey, we're going to kind of do the same thing." <laughs> And everybody was like, all right. And then Paramount's like, fuck it, we're doing the same thing. And, like, I think they're all going to do that. So, but but what do you think, Rich? The audience is returning this weekend, this past weekend. Cruella in the 40s. Uh, Quiet mm-hmm. Place Part 2 in the, in the, in the 50s. Biggest openings uh, since the pandemic hit. Um, and then the concept that all of a sudden that... I read an article where I just, and Paul and I were talking about it. We haven't talked about it, but we're going to talk about it. The idea that going to the movies is for is for nostalgic losers. The idea of the, the communal... I don't remember this being a topic when we spent five minutes to prepare for the show. No, no. I said that. I'd be like, oh, I you just did. Only losers go to the movie theater. Well, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Well, no, no, but How much is... of a loser is it if I go by myself then? I don't have other loser friends to go with me. I'm just sitting there alone. <laughs> well, no, no, but the idea the idea that um, I guess it, it all branches out from somebody really overanalyzing one of the last SNL skits of the year and then looking at, like, somebody really overanalyzed the, last, the Vin Diesel SNL AMC skit that they did this past. Oh, no way. Somebody overanalyzed something that was on SNL? No SNL, way. Yeah, that shocking. never happens. Never what happens. I'm saying is the idea that the idea that you can watch things better in your house and the idea that we've been doing it and it's okay. And, but my thing is my heart still yearns for like communal, like being together with people coming out of a theater and talking and actually going, Hey, what did you like? Or, Hey, I hated that. Or I wish this was better. Or, you know what I mean? Like, is it, do you think that's dead? Do you think we're, are we going to, or is it going to come roaring back in the next three months where everybody loses their goddamn minds and just like, <laughs> spends money on pop tub, pubs of popcorn and just large drinks and candy and just like ah movies <laughs> it's okay this weekend as we saw in the box office numbers we're pretty strong for you know a lot of theaters that are not at full capacity yet we're not at full capacity here in pennsylvania when i went to see cruella at uh the local cinemark they were still putting two seats between every you know grouping of tickets Dude, I um, hope that nice. never goes away. I hope that never goes away. <laughs> I know theaters I'm want probably. it, but, I, dude, I am all for that random-ass dude where you're going to the movies by yourself, and yet they somehow sit fucking right next to you, and they're like, we're the only dudes mm-hmm. in here. Why next to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> Cut it out. I just like having the space to lay my coat down here, put my popcorn yeah. here on this seat, so I'm not trying to balance it in my lap. Uh, yeah. Like, get out of <laughs> here. I like that. Um and the the, uh, the screening of Cruella I went to on Friday night was packed. Um, I know my podcast co-host, Natasha, who's been on here a number of times, uh, she went with a friend to see it on Saturday, and she said it was packed. Um, so 
we are seeing people coming back out, and this is a film that is available to see, uh, you know, at home for thirty bucks. And I was seeing large groups of people who were spending way more than thirty bucks at the ticket uh, office to get into the place when they could have just all sat on their couch and watched it, you know, and saved some yes. money. Yes, and I, I'm, that's, so, what, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about the idea of coming back and being able to just communally, whether you have to rent a theater to do it, like down here in, uh, down here at the AMC, one of the things they're offering is, hey, you don't want to go to the movies with all these other people, that's great. Twenty, You can get 20 tickets, 250 bucks gets you Black Widow. So that like at this this past weekend we discussed it. We're like, I'm surprised they're still doing that. Oh, they're definitely going to do it. I, I think they're definitely going to still do it as we get through. Um, and I just think 250 is not a bad price. They're doing it for Black Widow. They're doing it for everything. They're doing I think any that's movie. That's going to lose them money. I feel like that's Ooh. terrible. You want all the theaters to be open for Black Widow? Why only 250 bucks for 20 people? That's kind of dumb. Hey, you want to know why MC's going out of business? Because dumb shit like that. That's why. <laughs> Stupid. But I don't think um, they're going out of business because there was a thing on Ver- they just, Variety. They just got rebought up. Yeah, they just got they're, bought up. Yeah, they're buying up um, Cinerama and everything they're, out in LA. They're doing so, very well, actually. They're doing way they better than the money any, for that. They were like bankrupt like three somebody, times during the somebody pandemic. Somebody bought them. Somebody <laughs> bought a lot of their stock, sold it during the pandemic, and then rebought it. Uh and then basically got it like millions cheaper. Oh, there you go, mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure for Cinemark. That's it was probably much cheaper. Well, probably only ninety nine bucks for that. No, well, my <laughs> thought process is that theaters were in rough shape before the pandemic, and now after the pandemic, there is going to be a certain segment that's just not going to go back. Oh no, there, so they were in, already true. in a rough spot, and now you're going to give the option of a big movie like Black Widow you could stay home. So I think there's a chunk that just will stay home. I, I, I don't think, think the, I think the day of billion dollar movies is gone. Oh, I don't Unless think it's I like think. a monstrous movie. I, I, I think you need the right movie. You need the right movie, but I don't think I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you money a, like they the used billion, to. The, the billion dollar. I mean, we were getting that. excited about $50 million weekends. Remember when like, that was like, Oh, that was a bad weekend for a movie. Now it's like, woo, let's go. 50 million for a quiet place. Part two is only 10 million off of what the original grossed pre pandemic. It I think more. it's only going to work for movies that people are excited about is my point. Well, that's like, there's going to be no like successful indie movie run anymore you know Maybe. what i mean where this magical uh, I, indie movie that everybody starts going to see it's just i don't think that's going to be a thing anymore fair enough okay I mean, marvel movies and that type like quiet place like a big tent in which I case think that's like a blockbuster case, movie and rich will know yeah, what i'm marvel, talking about he's right in star which, wars in those would do it but in which case that whole thing that spielberg and lucas was saying rich totally true they they would have gotten it right 10 years ahead of its time where they basically said all i see is movie theaters being being places where big, huge event movies play for months on end, and and then no little movies at all. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what's going to be interesting about all of this, in addition to what you know we've been talking about with films getting shifted over to streaming services by their studio, things like that, uh, and it's a bummer because man, I would have loved to have seen the Mitchells versus the Machines in a theater with people, because that was a fun movie and i just love the shit out of that movie that and movie I that really... movie is a great a great a great potential to be the best animated feature next year 
Uh, Pixar doesn't I, I doesn't is. always lose, but it it is such a great movie. Uh, hits on mm-hmm. all cylinders. Funny as funny as all get out. Like just ridiculous stuff in that movie uh, from the but, folks who but, did uh, Spider Man um, into the Spider Verse. So yeah. yeah, but I also think that a lot of streaming services are going to start to see their growth slowing and possibly even reversing just a little bit as we come out of this pandemic. People start going. I need cash, you know, because we're going to go on a vacation actually to a place. And then they're going to look and go, why am I subscribed to seven streaming services? And I barely watch three of them. And the other four just are kind of there once in a while, you know, once a month. So listeners of this podcast, remember, Paul has been saying that for fucking ever. (laughs) There's too many. There's too many. Mm Oh, that's what I'm saying. The streaming wars are going to condense. They're they're expanding. They're going to start buying each other up. And that's going to be a thing. Hmm. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, that's a good question. I, what do you think? What do you think would be okay? So we have we have all these different streaming services right now. You have Peacock, you have Paramount Plus, you have Am, yeah. uh, Apple, you have the Apple Plus TV or whatever the hell it is. You have uh, Netflix, Disney. Uh, what, what's the what's the ultimate survivor? Who who is the who is the person that that lives in the trees at the end of the the, the streaming wars? As Yoda um, sits there and just like, wow, that shit happened. It's hard to say because everybody wants a streaming service as their studio or output identity. Um, you know, that's kind of that's why AT and T bought up Warner Brothers. They wanted that kind of identity, and then boom, it didn't work well, so yeah, well for them. They spun it off. Um, well, and also because they they didn't like creatives either. Like that was the mm-hmm. funny thing. We want that identity, but we don't understand anything these people are saying that don't that don't figure into an algorithm. Exactly. Um, exactly. You mean you want you want a director to go out in the desert to make a movie about Dune? Can't we just do that on a soundstage, really? Mm-hmm. No, it has to be authentic. No, what do you mean? Well, he's a visionary director. Yeah, but we don't give a shit. Also, it's going to be streaming in October. Um, I think the problem is, at some point, you're not going to be able to uh, merge any more studios into small, you know, a smaller number and smaller number of bigger entities. Warner Brothers Discovery, which terrible logo, but I do like the, the name. Um, the name is terrible, Rich. The name is awful. like Warner it Brothers. Seems like Discovery. a name of them investigating misconduct. That's what that is. And, Warner and, Brothers Discovery. The yeah, results we're, we're, of the Warner Brothers Discovery. Is yeah, the, the grand jury. The grand jury is checking. The grand jury is checking on the Warner Brothers Discovery. <laughs> there is a world of movies in uh, in the Warner Brothers library to discover. That's how I look at it. And besides, the the tagline they're underneath that is the stuff being the kind. teams are made of. The the logo itself is crap, though. It's like you know, uh, somebody in the art department let their kid on um you know bring your kid to work day design it. It's terrible. Is that, uh, did they, are they really using the stuff that dreams are made of? Yeah, that's the that's the tagline underneath it. Oh, that that's Ugh, pretty good. gross. No, that's good. Also, speaking of gross, that's good. That's not the Maltese to deter the combo. That's good. But mm. is that trailer for Uncharted real that came out today? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it because it's bad. It's like Ooh. bad, bad. I was like, is this a fake trailer? Like, I watched the trailer. I was like, is I, this a fan trailer? I, this I told is you, I've, I've been nervous about the Uncharted movie ever since Tom Holland gave that interview where he's like, I'm trying to act like an action person. And it's like <laughs> that's never a good sign. It's it's a, a nerve wracking <laughs> thing where he, yeah, Rich, he gave an interview where he's like, 
I've never been really, I've, you know, I've been Spider-Man, but I've never been an action star. I kind of just, in Spider-Man, I'm just there and I kind of just, I, I react to the scenes. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're good as Spider-Man. That's great. He goes, with this Uncharted thing, I'm, I'm taking the reins of an action movie. So I feel like I need to do action things. And I'm like, also Mark Wahlberg playing an old dude. That sounds awful. For some reason. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds terrible. Tom Holland. Don't try to be an action person. And the great, the greatest action stars are guys that just happen to be in a place at a time, right? And I was like, I was reading that, going, mm. he's like a well, lot I mean, of my. Also, my... a lot of us think Bruce Willis is the well, greatest action star, and he, apparently he's kind of a dick. So, <laughs> and when sure. you were seeing Bruce Willis in Moonlighting here, and then they announced Die Hard, based on a novel that originally was supposed to star Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Wow, that did movie you think? Sucked. No, it was yeah, great. Was Sinatra cool. was fantastic. Can handle that action role. So, I'm always I'm always open to letting uh, uh, people actors and actors. No, no, but I just surprise. his reaction to it. His reaction, like I'm trying real hard to be an action star, and it's like most most of the people that are action stars, it looks. Yeah, but I'm kind of, natural. I'm not going to be mad about it because I'm happy he tried. Have you ever heard like Kevin Smith's interviews about working with Bruce Willis for a uh, cop out? <laughs> And how Bruce was like yeah. only wanted to do one take for most of the stuff. Like he was good. He's like, I think we got it. And Kevin Smith's like, Oh fuck me, I guess. <laughs> um, um, that well, that started back here around midway through season three. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is right where I am right now in the book. And uh, it's funny because like one of the directors is talking about in the episode uh, "Big Man on Mulberry Street." Uh, with the big dance number, was they bring in Stanley Donnan of all people to direct a seven-minute dance number in the middle of a TV show, and Sybil Shepherd comes in towards the end of the piece and does something, and she wanted to do it in one take and get the fuck out. And basically, you know, they do it, they shoot it, it seems to go okay, and Stanley Donnan, Stanley Donnan, director of Singing in the Rain, for God's sakes, goes. Can we go again? And Sybil's uh-huh. like, no, I think I got it. And then, thankfully, and Stanley Don is turning to uh, Glenn Gordon Karen, the producer and creator of the show, like, what? Uh, one of the uh, the camera operators was like, oh, I lost focus there for a moment, so we're going to have to do it again. Uh-huh. Totally lying. Totally lying. He didn't lose focus. He just wanted to give Stanley Don and the uh, – the second take know the know the legends in your room no no every cameraman like taking an opportunity to be like i was actually out of focus that time my bad it goes around the room yeah. um okay rich. audio now there was some kind of buzz on the audio sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> so rich you are here to extend a streak you are here to oh. make make paul spratt miss an answer uh, he's he's on like I've been a wrong three... for like over two months. It's, I got we're talking one like three months. months. You've gotten one one of the movie motivations that I've done. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you and just about everybody else who's done it. Well, the last the, the last three months have been have been Paul Spratt's movie motivation nightmare. They've just it's been, been bad. nightmarish. Like he's missing things left and right. People are actively like they're giddy about it, like not in a good way. Like they're kind of just like. Literally, like, kicking them all down. It's, it's okay. At this point, it's, like, it's expected tough. for me to get it wrong. So there's, like, no okay. pressure. Well, <laughs> well, I'll give you a clue, okay? Oh, Ooh. no, no clue. It's, it's a French film, and I'm going to do it in the original French. 
<laughs> I'm like perfect. I don't even speak French, so I heard, don't know. I, all no, I'll I'll see, all, all he just starts I'll speaking see, French. I'm just like, what? All I'll say is we. 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 Okay. We're going to do three, two, one. Apparently, we're getting in French. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> no, we are not getting it in French. <laughs> no, it thank God. Far too long since memos on Cosgrove's class in high school. That would have been amazing. Um, okay. <laughs> three, two, one, and action. Are you ready? Three, yep. two, one, action. I admit, I went to Cortega because I was afraid that what happened to Rex was going to happen to you. And I just couldn't take that. But what I realized at Cortega was that I didn't lose Rex when he crashed. I lost him here. I let him think that a stupid motor company meant more to me than he did. You'll never know how much I regret that mistake. It's enough, I'll never make it again. I understand that every child has to leave home, but I want you to know that door is always open. You can always come back, because I love you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, Rich Drees. If you pay attention to a lot of film buff online stuff, Rich Drees has movies that he has taken into his bosom. It is not <laughs> the one that is first in his bosom, but it is one he talks about with reverence, and that is one. It is a forgotten masterpiece. I'm giving you hints, and it's it's something that that has actually has aged very well. Actually, in the time we're in right now. It is aged spectacularly well, actually. Uh, when it came out, although when it came out again this weekend, and that's when I was like, "Ooh, there's my quote for for JW." Okay, Paul, do you know what? All of I know your what hints it is. helped me zero percent. Zero percent. Okay, um, I it's a car we movie, it, right? It's a car we, movie. We could give you. I we could get one name out of there because it would totally would have given it go, away. We could. Faster for you. If you want us to go faster, we could go faster. You could do it faster. <laughs> it's definitely a car. Is it bullet? No, no, no. He could do. He could go. He could go Mach two. Oh, he movie. could go Mach two. It's Top Gun. He could go. No. He could go Mach two. You just said the same thing twice after did, it didn't I'm help sorry. me the first time. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, thought... he could go back too. I'm like, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. <laughs> I um, named the one jet movie I could think of. <laughs> how, about, how about this? I could go like this. <laughs> Wakanda forever? I don't know. <laughs> funny. That's funny, no. There are ninjas and nanjas in this movie. There's nanjas and yes. ninjas. And ninjas. <laughs> Dude, I can't. But when is, you say it, I'm gonna be so pissed. Uh, you're, uh, you are gonna be pissed. Yep. But it's also a movie. I, I, what I would say is, I have recently rewatched this movie, Rich. It is a lot. It actually ages pretty well. I actually think it may be better than the filmmakers. Two. It's way better than the filmmakers' two sequels. It's not better than yeah. their their original project, but it's way mm -hmm. better than the two sequels they produced. To, that to the project, original yeah. project that should never have ever had a sequel. Ever. <laughs> Cannonball Run? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
I'm just naming random shit now. I have no idea. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to play this out. What movie do I did I have I said on numerous occasions should never have had a sequel? The one. It's Halloween? one of the greatest biggest action. <laughs> no, I'm all for Halloween sequels. I want Michael Myers. Well, depend on who made the sequels. <laughs> yes. I uh, shouldn't have had a reboot done by a hack a hack hillbilly. That's different. But a movie that's never supposed to have a sequel. That's I mean you've said the a movie lot. we right, but one movie in particular I said the ending's perfect. If they just left it where it was, the hero shows himself to the world. The world will eventually crumble because it can't support itself. Damn, we would be the worst fucking Pictionary whatever team of all time. good too, where he said the filmmakers. Filmmakers. Matrix. Okay. That's a that is indeed a a film I said should never have had a sequel because wow are those movies bad. Plus he um, said filmmakers, so I mean I got that. Yes, I've, I've been giving I've been giving you all kinds of hints. Uh, they made a movie. What movie did they make? Also, Speed Racer. They did make Speed Thank Racer. You. They made sequels of Speed Racer. No, no. no. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it was like what the fuck are you talking about? Have. In a better yeah, universe, we would have had a lot more Speed Racer and Rocketeer sequels. Right. Oh, Rocketeer sequels would have been fire. Rocketeer was the oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Rocketeer was good. Do you remember? I remember the Premiere Magazine when they were like. Remember when Premiere Premiere Magazine was a real thing, where every oh, yeah. year they would do the summer movie preview. My favorite, mm-hmm. my favorite dig summer movie preview was you know they picked the Rocketeer like sixth or seventh. They did the top twenty. What's going to be the top twenty box office? And they had like a little blurb at the bottom, and it's like if it hits, he's he's low rent Ford. If it doesn't, he's low rent Hugo. Oh Jesus! And I was like, oh, that hurts. That hurts. Speed Racer tanked though in the in theaters, it did. though, didn't it? But it has developed a it has developed kind of a cult following. It's been a it midnight basically like ruined that kid's career. Mill Hirsch, kid's name. Ah, Mill Hirsch, didn't ruin his career. He was he's, great though. He just but he yeah. disappeared after that. He's been, he's been in some well, stuff. Richard Corliss, Richard Corliss of Time Magazine put it in his top ten for the uh, 2008. I remember. It's, it's one of those. It's one yeah. of those movies that that you know that is one of those movies that I would say the first time I saw it in theaters, I wasn't prepared for it, and it was like you know what I mean. Like you're just you go into something and you're just like, okay, I heard it's kind of lame, and oh, you know, whatever. And then you're like you're trying to formate formulate your own opinion on it. And you're just bombarded with images and stuff, and you just can't enjoy them. You ever mm-hmm. have you ever had that happen where you're just like, I'm in a, I'm in a swirl, and I'm like, maybe they're right, they could be wrong, right. kind of like that. But like, oh, and then you're just you come out of it, and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need, I I need to get it, another chance sometime. I saw it at the King of Prussia IMAX, and it was like having two hypodermics of Technicolor crack jammed into my eyeballs. <laughs> and I loved every moment of it. That sounds um, awesome. I've gone on about how, like, the first 18 minutes of this movie, where they're sliding back and forth, doing all sorts of exposition and backstory and everything, but framing it within that current race, and building all the relationships in the family, building all the emotional stakes of the entire movie in that 18 minutes. And it is a huge info dump. 
it, and they it, do it, it so damn well. They really do because I think they they got the message midway Didn't through they make filming. Anything after Speed Racer? Wachowski, Wachowski sisters, Jupiter now. Rising. Oh yeah, that movie tanked um, hard. And yeah. now whatever the ma- the Matrix, just Matrix. It's not even yeah. the uh, anymore. It's they just did Matrix. Sense8 on Netflix. They did Sense8, Yeah, they did a piece of that. Um, yeah. Okay. With, uh, but- Speed Racer is does have a cult following build up, and they're starting to do midnight screenings of it, and people dress up, and it's like there's a whole cult around it. But Rich, Rich is a proponent of movies that that don't the the, the pop culture doesn't get early. So Rich, this is Rich's forte. Buckaroo Banzai is, is something you know that he that he does the same thing. So. It's it's you know a movie you don't get early and then all of a sudden it kind of just pops and everybody's like I got it I understand that um, mm-hmm. Rich you have anything coming up on Film Buff Online you got what's the podcast doing what do you got going uh, on podcast dropping in the next forty eight to thirty uh, twenty four to thirty six hours depending how quickly I can finish the edit is oh. our uh, uh, is our uh, review of Cruella nice. uh, ne- next week I believe we're because there's nothing big opening, we're gonna do a um, a retro mouth, review Rich. of Run Lola Run. <laughs> good stuff this weekend. Yeah, mm, Conjuring, Conjuring opens this weekend. We got I love the Conjuring universe weekend. and something Conjuring else. Universe. It's not just the Conjuring. There's two movies. Well, that this that Mark Wahlberg and Antoine Fuqua movies on. Yeah, well, well, there was something else. Was <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Honestly, you've also you've also had the I will opportunity never be able to drag Natasha to a Conjuring movie. I will tell you that right now. You've uh, so. you've also you've also had the ability to see in the Heights. Opens in a week. Uh, just, yeah, that's actually going to be our review in two weeks. But I've already published my review last week. Um, I was I was shocked that I got the invite to see it like a month in advance. Um, it was the first screening I had gone back into a theater for for you know since I think last December. If they're doing um, it a month in advance for critics, that means that means that they they feel they got something. Oh, God. They do. They yeah. absolutely do. Um, it's it's just explosively joyful. I think is what I put in my uh, in my print review um, over at Film Buff Online, and it's about family. It's about community. It's about how neighborhoods change, and how that's nothing to be afraid of necessarily. It's just part of the life of a city. But it's also about how that community is formed and sticks together as well. It's um, it's about dreaming about getting out. It's about knowing that maybe you want to stay right where you're from, and that and how that family and community will support you no matter what you're doing with your life. It's um, it's okay. amazing. And the, the I was musical told numbers before, are fantastic. Yeah, the it's. I can't imagine anybody not feeling good walking out of this movie <laughs> or watching it when it, I live, you know, I'm not going to lie, day, Rich. I'm not going to lie. I live, I live in the public in South. So there could be some people coming out of it not feeling great. I'm just saying we probably shouldn't go to see it to begin with. Um, but I don't okay. think those are the type of, I don't think those are the type of people that go to musicals anyways. So no, I think you'll be safe. Rich, um, we've, we've, just, we've had music, some musical moments with Paul. Paul's just getting into musicals. I know. Really well, Good news. Good news, my friend. Eight, eight musical movies 
between now and the end of the year are coming out, either in theaters Bravo. or on eight. 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 How many of them are going to be good, though? I don't know. I'm thinking um, <laughs> That's the like, Adam, Driver, Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard's Annette with music by Sparks is going to be great. Um, oh, and tangentially, the... Edgar Wright's documentary about the band Sparks is coming out in a couple of weeks, and that's really good as well. I saw it at South by. You, you, and I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way we're getting him into Antoinette. There is no way. <laughs> there is no way. I, you, I've, this has been a struggle trying to get him into like singing in the rain, and just like I was trying to give him ones that would that he could fall in love with the the process and fall in because that's I think the first thing that has to happen is you have to the suspension of disbelief is high for musical. And then the first thing mm -hmm. that has to happen is you have to, what happens when you start watching musicals is you get into the music. That's great. But when you start loving musicals is when you look at how finely crafted pieces of cinema they are, they have, they're, they have to be by their very nature. They have to be super crafted. The bad ones are really bad and the good ones are really good. And it's because they're fine tuned. They're fine tuned pieces of like, you know, like a watch they're put together like a Swiss watch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so we were trying but, to get Paul into the idea of that. But I don't think let the me list just did, did, did justice, to be honest. Let me no. Let me sweep no. the deal a little bit for Paul with oh. Annette. Adam Driver plays a stand-up comic. Ooh. So. That's, but uh, I'll be honest with be, you, Rich. It's, it's every be movie worse. where somebody plays a stand-up comic is almost <laughs> trash. There's one good movie where somebody plays a what's stand -up the one comic good movie? and it's very unrated. Wait, what's Punch the one good movie? Punchline with Tom Hanks. And, uh, Punchline's a great movie. I love Punchline. I forget the other mm -hmm. chick, but every other stand-up comic Sally movie Field, is terrible. Forget the other terrible. chick. Sally Field, two-time Academy Award winner, Sally Field, the other chick. This yeah. is, this well, is I'm just saying. Um, I got you. It's, I think that's a tough sell. I think I've seen the trailers for it, <laughs> and I think that's one ball goes, yeah, that looks pretentious. I'm good. No, really, I'm good. Uh, but okay, thank you. Adam for Driver us singing? I don't know how that's gonna. Does he he's sing? Good singer, he's singer. He's actually really. The... I was gonna say I have a big piece on all the musicals that are coming out. Uh, that's probably gonna drop uh, early next week. There we we'll go. We'll get into the group. We'll get into the group and uh, make sure everybody sees got... it in the group. We've got some features coming up that I'm trying to time with the end of the. Uh, CNN docuseries, uh, the story of late night, um, kind of tying in with uh, some of the stuff there. Uh, one or two things that they've kind of missed in their in their thing. Six hours is not enough time to really tell this story, and I think they kind of missed out on a couple of things that I wanted to write about. Um, oh, well, that's and great! And then at the end of the month, I'm going to be doing a, a public appearance. I guess you could say. He's um, doing a, a bonsai fest, right? Is it bonsai yeah. fest? Yeah, uh, Buckaroo Bonsai screening at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia. And if you've seen the original 1958 Blob, you, you've seen the Colonial Theater. Right. And um, <laughs> it's the first time in 10 years that they've screened the movie there. I'm going to be there uh, with a lobby display and maybe, maybe a couple little uh, extra... Fun surprises. We're trying to put some stuff together. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, well, that's cool. Okay, so we got Bonsai Fest. You keep us abreast of that. We'll put that up in the group as well. <laughs> you like horror movies, right? Right? Hmm? You like horror movies, what was that? Though, right? 
I like them. I'm not a big like. It's not my go-to genre. Right, right, right. Well, because yeah. I know uh, inadvertently. I don't know if you want, but I know my friend who used to do stand-up. I, we recently reconnected with me doing shows back in Scranton. He's doing like mm-hmm. a big horror movie festival at the Circle Drive-In, which I guess has been like he's done it the last couple of years. It's pretty successful. So. I don't oh, know okay, yeah, know. yeah. I I've not been to those, but I had friends who have gone up and have had a blast. Right. Um, <laughs> and I know this is going to get really Scranton centric for a moment, but. <laughs> The Circle Drive-In has been doing like some crazy programming. They yeah, have, they, like, they, Robbie uh, Keller, Jerry was bringing up, but yeah. Yeah, they, um, they've been doing, uh, well, Dave, Dave, is, Dave Costelli. Like last weekend or next weekend? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave like, Costelli, man. Dave is never, Dave oh, Costelli Dave. used to run the endless map. Dave's running the Circle Drive-In. So, ah, oh, there you go. Um, yeah, Dave Costelli, who used to run the Endless Mountains Theater, he uh, was very good friends with Mike Defino, who passed away last year, who, uh, of course, was the owner of the Circle Drive-In. And from what mm-hmm. I still, from what I understand, Dave is still in charge of, like, programming and doing different things. So, if it, okay. it, it like, uh, as, you're, as you're paying attention to the Circle Drive-In, realize the creativity that was, like, that. No, no. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> time for him to freeze. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't. I want to take it down, but it's also like what a weird face to get frozen on. It's delightful. <laughs> I'll just have to wait for him to unfreeze. But uh, okay, yeah, so what do you no, want to thinking, about? Yeah, so Rocky Horror is going to Circle Driving. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. But is mm-hmm. it live? Was Blue Earth Cult actually there, or was it they the shenanigans like um? Uh, <laughs> From what I understood, it was they were there, not my like back. Am I okay? Where did I freeze? Was yeah, it a bad freeze? Bad yeah, it was oh, you were like his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah. Go. But uh, because uh, what was the band that filmed like a whole? Oh, is that Bon Jovi? That's like not actually there, yeah. but he filmed like a concert they had to pay to go watch, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Terrible. But, yeah, but okay, Rich. We'll, we'll look forward to your your articles. We always look forward to you having on and you and Natasha on. We had William on, Bill on last week. He had a he yeah. did a bang up job. It was a good night. Thank you for joining us. Stay out of trouble. Night. He said he enjoyed himself immensely. He had a great time. Oh, that's that's cool. Well, you guys are always invited on. We want, always want to do more Thank stuff you. with you guys. Um, stay out of trouble. I'll talk to you soon. Nah, I'll let you know. So I'll let you know what I think of the uh, the Antoine Fuqua movie. That's the only thing that matters right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us, Rich Trees. Stay out of trouble. Go read some more writing. Bye. <laughs> oh, I cut him off. He was saying bye. I cut him, cut him off. off. I was too Wait, quick what? with the button. I was too quick with the button. Well, let the guy come back. Say goodbye. That's no. Hurtful. That's now hurtful, it makes man. it worse. Now you bring him back while he's trying to mid. Oh, it's hurtful. Now, bye. now. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in another plug. <laughs> <laughs> Starting around the 10th or 11th, we're going to have a week and a half's worth of coverage on the Tribeca Film Festival. There. Oh, oh nice. boom. Great. That's I great. I love we'll, that we'll, festival. We'll pay attention. Time. It's maybe, a great maybe festival. We can, maybe, maybe we can do some live Zooms. We can talk to you guys and just uh, do like just some drops during the day and stuff. But okay. Are you sure. are you done plugging shit? Are you done? I'm done plugging my shit. Yeah. Okay. Bye. You want to say your full bye this time? I, I got my finger over the button. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, oh, 
always good when we cut people off. Um, Rich, of course, comes on, and we 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 do an hour and seven minutes, like no nobody's business. Uh, I know. I looked up. I was like, wow, we did an hour already. I was like, yeah, like ten minutes. Let's let's talk really quick. We got some reviews to go let's over. Shut this not bitch lot, down. No, I'm kidding. Uh, not, not not a lot of stories, but just reviews. So you got you watch. Uh, what do you Mar- want to start with? Let's start Marystown. I think it's probably start the Mary best East show. On t- Look at you with graphics, and people aren't here tonight. That's that's hilarious. I know. I stayed up till six in the morning watching this shit last night. (laughs) Uh, I was texting uh, some Jordan who watches the show. She watched the whole thing already. And I watched in the first episode and I was like, does this get better? Because the first episode (laughs) is pretty slow. And then I ended up watching the whole thing. I stayed up till six in the morning to finish. I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the best HBO series ever. It was really good. Kate Winslet is it. Like I'll give you an example, an interesting thing. I think it ties into true detective in the sense that, it takes all of the elements of what True Detective really like. You know, True Detective got too like into the universe and all this crazy stuff. I think Mayor of Easttown brings all of that down to the the rudimentary street level. You know what I mean? And it's just all these people tied together in this small little town in Pennsylvania. Tell me that show isn't authentic. Tell me everybody doesn't know everybody else's business in a small town in Pennsylvania. Tell me like. The guy, uh, Bru- uh, Brad Inglesbury, who made it, is amazing. I'm very happy. I also, there are two things. I, I'm I'm okay if it never gets a second season. It doesn't need one. It doesn't need it. It And and the thing is, that last episode, I think right, it would be forced. I, I would be for, a little forced because um, it would be like another case and merit. Like, it would be weird. But I also think the, the last episode, spoiler really quick, I'm not going to say anything except critique of it. The last episode ends on such a devastating note, and then it ends so hopeful for the character, for her family, for everything. Like, I just, I had hope in my heart, and I read online that I was like, somebody thought that the ending was not hopeful, (laughs) that something else was going on. I was like, no, no, the music cues sounded hopeful. Like, I was, I was very hopeful. I I hope I'm not misreading that. But it, it's a, such a devastating show. With the, they wrapped up the murder of Eric McMinniman, and just devastating, but also hopeful, and the kind of stuff where you have family secrets. And one thing that I, I thought was amazing, and you and I talked about this, the answers are there. The breadcrumbs are all over the show. One season, you know, episodes one through six. No, They're I think everywhere. they kept it pretty. Like they gave you the info. But, like, with all the twists, and not to give anything away, but the final one I didn't see coming. And even well, the, the one before that I didn't the see coming. The final one, but again, they, they, they do a really great job of, of having these twists that are organic to the story. And right. then when they hit, if a twist hits and then all of a sudden it becomes another twist, that's when you know you have a great show. Uh, a great show. And, and Winslet is so good in the show. She's like, so good. I want I want her in everything. I you also, know who's terrible in it though? Who's terrible? Guy Pierce is awful in this movie. He was a terrible miscast. I was like, what no, is Guy Pierce doing no, in this was, movie? No, I think I think I, I think I think he's perfect because he's he's got enough of an edge that you like you, you like the moment I saw Guy Pierce in the first episode, I'm thinking to myself, he's too big a star to just be playing some guy at a bar, right? Like there's got there's gotta be so much more to that. You know what well, else they put fantastic? him in there for like um he was almost like a misdirect. We're like, well, yeah, Guy Pierce is in the show. He's got a big thing, spoilers. and then there's nothing. Spoilers, 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 please. 
He could be a misdirect. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> also, also, sorry, it was pretty obvious. Also, also uh, Evan Peters, by the way. Um, There's an interesting cast. Evan Peters crushed it really in the show. Good. Really good. Um, um, but yeah, Guy Pierce, I think, was not. I don't think. But I'm okay. Like, uh, like they're talking that they might do a second season. But I'm. I'm going to tell you right now. This has a Matrix level for me, where I look at it and I go. Are you ever going to achieve the heights you achieve this? The, if it's done seven? right, if they have a great script and a great direction, they can't do the same thing again. So, but that's she what I mean. I don't. I just the think... one that goes to another town to help. That would be fun. You know what I mean? If oh, she interesting. Was the Evan okay. Peters of another town. <laughs> interesting. Because you can't do um, another story in the same town. Everybody's too close knit. Now she's gonna. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody is going to trust her. Like nobody, no. like so. But I, one of the best shows. She just um, burned her. Well, yeah, the way it ends, there's no way she's like. How is she going to be a cop in that town afterwards? Nobody's going to tell her. I, I don't you know. know. I, don't tell Mayor. Anyway, uh, I, I love it. I think it's one of the best shows. Um, I think was that directed at me. That was directed at me, right? It, it is probably me. I'm the king I, of spoilers. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay though if they never do a second season. I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay on, on the it. heels of this. Just so we're clear, and, and we're not just crazy about this. Everybody should watch Mayor Vista now, especially if you have HBO Max. The finale is the most watched episode of any HBO original series on HBO Max ever. <clears throat> so the May 30th finale of Mayor Vista Town drew 4 million viewers across Memorial Day weekend, with nearly 3 million viewers tuning in Sunday night on all HBO platforms, marking a serious high for the premium cables, linear, and digital outlets. Um, so directed by Craig Zobel, um, Brad Ingles B, uh, you know, uh, so it's a really great show. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. I don't think you have to be from Pennsylvania to enjoy it, but if you are from Pennsylvania, there's a lot well, of stuff to like. Well, there's a lot of stuff to peel back. Um, yeah. uh, just amazing. I was like, I know um, half these towns. She just said, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, I've it's been to all show. the towns. She just said, <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, the other major thing of the weekend, uh, Quiet Place Part Two. We have to talk about a Quiet Place Part Two. I, I mean, because oh, too, um, before we leave Mayor of Easttown to go to Quiet Place Part Two, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to word this without giving oh, away spoilers. Oh, because the show did have a lot of plots running through it at the same time, and they kept yeah. adding to it and kept adding to it and kept adding to it. They mm -hmm. wrapped most of them up, but there was one, and I'm trying not to. There's one that I feel like wasn't fully wrapped and i think it was a big point they made of and it what kind character of what character the kid that was allegedly the dad okay because he was like fighting the one chick telling her not to talk to the cops but then turns out what was he trying to hide they never went back um, to that. okay i i thought i thought it was pretty well explained so i think we can do this one um so we're talking about dylan dylan's uh, so Dylan's dad, actually, or DJ's dad, uh, the, the child's dad, who was, he had been dating Aaron McManaman. Uh, Spoiler-ish is that, you know, they, they, he thought he was the father, but he wasn't. So I think he's threatening the girl because he doesn't want the real paternity to come out because he wants he wants his parents. He wants custody. Yeah. No, he doesn't want custody. He wants his parents to have custody. And then the girl kind of takes it, takes the abuse, but also – kind of rational. She does say at one moment to one of the cops, I think Aaron would have been okay with with his parents having custody. Right. 
So I Makes think that's sense. part of it. I, I think that's part of it. The SNL skit was great. Uh, also, the Wawa and the Hoagies at yeah, the I was University like, I love Wawa. Were, were, were great. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. But Maravistown, one of the best things going this summer. You you could do a lot worse than spending uh, seven hours plowing through it and just like getting totally addicted to it and loving it. But the main focus is Winslet. Winslet, it is a an acting class. It is just she is. She's she a beast. She dominant, yeah. like she's a beast. And one of the coolest things I read about it recently is that they, she didn't allow any touch ups on any of her photos. She didn't allow. They tried to cut out a sequence when she. There's a sex sequence in the in the show, uh, and they tried to cut out. They tried to alter her body, and she's like, "No, no, no, no. That's that's my fat. You leave yeah. that alone." Uh, so no, no touch ups, no no beauty stuff. Like that's what a woman my age looks like right now. That's that's okay. That's yeah. I, that's what I signed up for. So it makes me love her all the more. But the show is phenomenal. Should, it's definitely worth your time. Uh, also big this week, Quiet Place Part Two. This Gotta movie tell was phenomenal. You. I don't know. It, Everybody's it, shitting on it. I don't get it. I don't, well, I think I don't understand. I think, I, this is a movie that going to the movies is made for. It's communal screaming. There. What I would say for the people who are crapping on it, first off, I I I love the universe he's created. I love. I feel it's a fully functional world. I feel he. I feel we get a lot of apocalyptic movies, and not all of them are doing this. What I would say to you is, there's a 45 minute, se- or there's a 15 to 20 minute sequence in the middle of the film, and I'm not even talking about the end sequence, because the end sequence also does the exact same things. There's a 15 to 20 minute sequence in the middle of the film, where there are three different plot strings all going at the same time. Yeah. Whether whether or not they're happening at the same time, it doesn't matter. They're on screen at, at the same time. They're coming up and they're being edited and moved around. It is it is something most filmmakers have trouble doing with one plot strand. Like it, it's some filmmakers have like perfect example would be, you know, our boy Zack Snyder, Army of the Dead. There's seven or eight things going on. And nobody knows what trash. the hell's going on. It's it's complete garbage. Also, side note: somebody asked Zack Snyder in an interview about zombies fucking, and he addressed it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what did he- that's out there if you want to watch. But Zack Snyder addressed <laughs> zombie sex in his movie. Oh, so, well, that's that's the Snyder in, uh, verse. Very much later. detail. Very much detail. So, but I, but the cool thing, uh, you know, I the cool thing about a quiet place is it me. I mean, it made me immediately forget Army of the Dead. I was transfixed. I think it's a great movie. I think Krasinski is a really good director. I also think he is, he's become a leading man in the sense that uh, that first 10, 15 minutes of the movie where they, they do the prologue day one, you know, alpha day is, is absolutely astounding. That was my Um, only, I guess if I had to pick a complaint from this movie, that was my only one is they never went back to finish that. Yeah, I just think you're. I think you're supposed to get where you're going, but it is. Right. It does give. It, it does give a definitive thing. Um, well, they could keep going with this universe. They could. I don't think they will. I think. I think two is probably enough. I think if, if done right, a third movie would be like to make it a trilogy and. Wrap I don't know. It up I think. I think we're good. I, th- I think we're okay. I, you're I, good. I, I'm saying. I I, I want to get to the good point right where... now, but I think it would be fun to see how they because now you figure like technically you could see how they fix the world 
that would be a fun. Well, Jasper is not a fan. I could follow up. The movie was just average. I don't think it's average. I think it's, uh, again, when these movies are done right, I was sitting in an audience watching this movie and everybody, again, transfixed for an hour and 40 minutes. Absolutely in eating out of the palm of the hand of the director, just eating it, eating it up. And maybe it's because we're, we're jonesing for a good time in a theater, but also I think it's because the stuff is pretty well done. I think the performances are great. I, I that The kid the kid is phenomenal. The, the kid who well, has... Both kids. both kids are phenomenal, but the, the, the deaf actress got a chance to play in the first one a little bit more than the young actor. And I think he has... Like, he's so good with the breakdowns and the just... Well, I like John. He made it. This movie's about the kid. Yeah, and and Blunt. And I think Blunt does a great job just kind of staying in the background on things. Also, it, it, is it wrong to say that it's good to see Cillian Murphy getting work? Because Cillian Murphy... There was a point where we thought maybe, like, right around the time Red Eye came out and right around the time 28 Days Later came out and stuff where we thought Cillian Murphy was going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. And he was in Tenet and he was in all these other movies and he just hasn't hit. And that's too bad because... Well, he's on Peaky Blinders. That show's awesome. Yeah, but he was in movies and he and they went to a show. Yeah, but and... maybe he's just choosing certain projects. Maybe Better projects, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe he's like, whatever yeah. makes me... Why well, I play Part 2, you can't... I, I feel like you can't go wrong and it's well worth your money going to the theater. Well, I also... It didn't fall into the trap that every other horror movie sequel does, where when they make a sequel, they forget about all the rules they established in the first movie. No, they did a pretty good job. It was very good about still sticking to the same rules that were established in the first movie. The special effects are good, and I also think the interesting thing is the one of the reasons the first movie works so well is because you don't see the monsters for a good portion of the time. I feel one of the things that's great about a Quiet Place Part Two is that you do see the monsters right for a good a good portion of the movie. And it, they don't look they don't look garbagey. They look they look right. like they look, they look like yeah. they look good. So I can't recommend it enough. It's one of those things. Um, but it's it's one of those things where we're we're happy. I did not see Cruella yet. I'm I'm planning on going this I week. I have not and, either. I don't know. And then I the will. Conjuring, of course, is coming out <laughs> Friday. Um, so those are our those are the big things of the week. Mayor of Easttown and the Quiet Place Part Two did did justice. Let's talk a little bit about our list. First off, congratulations, sir. You are Before now the list. You do, do you want to talk wanna... about this $100 Disney sandwich? <laughs> oh, we can. We can before we do that. So I sent you this uh, this article. Um, Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California will be able to fly above the new Avengers camp. First off, they're doing an Avengers campus, right? So you're going to be like, there's a Captain Marvel ride. There's a Spider-Man ride. There's a Tony Stark museum kind of thing going on. And now they are offering Paul a $100 sandwich. It is from the it's Pim... It's got to be the most bomb sandwich for it's 100 bucks. It's the Pim Test Kitchen. A new restaurant within the cap- campus is de- debuting a $100 Pimini. Pimini. Oh, it's a Pimini? It's 100 bucks. It's a, pi- it's a Pimini. I get Which stands out fun, as, one, but... as one of the mo- <laughs> most indulgent and oversized sandwiches in existence. The extra, extra large creation can feed as many as eight people, which helps explain the price tag. But it's also what's inside so the many of the counts. Maybe. Eight, like eighty-one dollars. Uh, oh no, no, no! One hundred divided by eight. No, it's one. It's, it's eighteen dollars. Yeah. No wait. Eight goes into t- uh, yeah. No, it's twelve. Eight goes into ten. Twelve. Twelve. One. 
12. 12. It's like 12.50 a person. Um, okay, so it's what's inside. It's focaccia bread, focaccia bread uh, salami, rosemary ham, provolone cheese, and sun-dried tomato spread. Comes with a side of marinara, dipping sauce, potato bites, and arugula salad. So it's a full meal for 100 bucks. It sounds pretty good, but it's, again, the whole point is it's called a pimini, which, you know, that's where we're headed now with Disney. But would you ever pay $100 for a sandwich? I mean, when you initially look at it, that seems like a lot of money. But when you look at it that you could split it between eight people, it's really not that bad. Nope. Oh, you have a mouse, like, eating a sandwich. That's amazing. Um, I Googled yeah. Mickey Mouse sandwich, and the, somebody apparently drew Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse eating, eating cheese, a sandwich. And I was like, that's fucking perfect. That's great. Um, but is there any – like, what is – first off, let's talk about this. What are your favorite sandwiches? What's your favorite sandwich? That's you have a favorite, favorite? I'm a big sandwich guy. Love sandwiches. What's but your I favorite sandwich? But I would never sandwich? pay $100 for a sandwich. I've paid $18 for a sandwich, but it's a big sandwich. What what What's your favorite sandwich? I'm a Reuben guy. I love Reubens. I love grilled cheese. I love patty melts. Patty melts are my favorite because it's the two well, it's things. So hard. That's such a hard question because a sandwich, like what sandwich is based on your mood? Like it depends. Like my favorite sandwich changes when I'm on a mood. Like Jasper said, <laughs> a Cuban sandwich is amazing. But if you got it, like if you're a mood, if you're a mood for it, I'm a Reuben guy. Sandwich. I love. I love. I love Reubens. I can't. Reubens are amazing. Cheese is fire, but you have to be in the mood for grilled cheese. And it yeah. has to be good grilled cheese because there's a lot of shitty grilled cheese. Yeah, there's steak and cheese. Well, can I can steak I tell you what sandwich? Can I tell you the new thing that's happening? Five Guys actually has Five Guys. First off, offers a grilled cheese sandwich, but for an extra two bucks, you can put a burger inside the grilled cheese. Ooh, yeah. So it's a Five Guys burger inside a grilled cheese. It's it's. It's beautiful. It's it's incredible. I, I can't. Wow. That feels like I would not feel good afterwards. Yeah. Favorite Philly cheesesteak? Yes. But do you, Jordan, are you from, is Jordan from the Philly you gotta area? You got to go from Philly. You got to go to Philly. Yeah. Go. So, and that, then it becomes a Pat versus Gino's And then it's Gino's even more thing. of a debate because then there's. Yeah. Then it's Pat versus Gino's. So it's becomes right. a whole. Or there's like a six whole other fight. places. But she's, I don't think, no, she's not from, she's from Okay. Ohio. So she's just like. Um, I, I, John Krasinski with a quiet place, his favorite sandwich is a meatball sub Colbert. He was on Colbert. Meatball sub is fire too. So good. When he was on Colbert, um, when he was on Colbert, he basically said meatball sub and Colbert gave him the evil eye. Like, really? You're picking meatball sub? Really? So anyway, that, that, I mean, isn't Colbert's from Boston too? So there's big sandwich debate in Boston. It's pretty intense. So hundred dollar Disney sandwich. Amazing. Um, Let's talk. Congratulations. 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 That's all I'm going to say. I didn't even look at the results this week. You won 1610. I didn't even know that I won. You won 1610. You won 1610. Well, we thought I was going to. That's actually not as big as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. No. So you won 1610. Indiana Jones advances. Uh, Indiana Jones advances. And next week, what do we get? What do we got? Next week is I gotta go through our little our chatting. I gotta find the list with the second round matchups. I gotta go backwards. Hold on. So second <laughs> I can't find it. It's amazing. This is terrible. Okay, hold on. We're almost there. 
But so Indiana Jones wins. He beats Xena. I think that's interesting, mainly because she's a superhero. But right. I guess we had talked about the fact that Indiana Jones is gonna is gonna win because we have a lot of folks in our group that really uh, are kind of really into Indiana uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. Not that they shouldn't be, but it's it's borderline unhealthy. Um, so I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be upset about it. But that gives you a two to one lead in the second round now. Right. Uh, this week's matchup is, oh, this is a good one. This is actually one that that could go either way. But again, it could really, really hurt me. Um, this week's matchup is the Terminator versus Han Solo. Another Harrison Ford. Yes. Well, you, you picked Harrison Ford two weeks in a row. Uh, uh, yeah. So you got Terminator versus Han Solo this week. The only thing I can look forward to is if somehow Harrison Han Solo beats the Terminator, which shouldn't happen. Somehow, you'd think. I, I, you'd think. With our group, you, I mean, they, they the like The only Han hope Solo. I have so. is that what will happen is that we'll set up an Indiana Jones versus Han Solo matchup. And one of them will be eliminated strictly because... Because they're they have to be eliminated. So yeah, like there'll be I don't no want, choice. I don't, that would be the hardest vote ever. Like which Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, or Han Solo? Yeah, That's well, that would one. be. But but I want Terminator win. Which so one Terminator? are you a bigger? Which franchise are you a bigger fan of? <laughs> it would be a hard <laughs> vote for you, but your favorite movie of all time. It would be it. Yes, it, it'd be a hard vote. But I I know where I'd go. <laughs> um, but Terminator versus I mean, Han that's Solo. That's accurate. Terminator versus Han Solo is this week. Jerry and says he I, beat the Terminator by accident. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, well, the Terminator gets sent back in time to erase blockbuster right. filming. So that's a big one for this week coming up. Uh, we did this week um, valuable, I, I, you know, it's first day of Pride Day, um, Pride Month, and we want to wish all of our members, um, we're solid with all of our, our folks that are, that, fly the lgbtq plus community we are with you we're um an ally uh and we did a look at uh your favorite uh lgbtq uh, movies top five pretty solid but i'm i'm a little bit <clears throat> i'm mildly disappointed um because a There's lot one of in here that's i get it but also I'm not really 100 percent sure okay so number five uh, jumping into this, number five is Philadelphia. I fantastic movie. It's I'm not a fan of Philadelphia. I'm I'm I. It is a good movie, and it was it was definitely necessary and needed. But one of the things about Philadelphia, I feel it's one of those movies where uh, Tom Hanks won the Oscar, but the better performance in the movie is Denzel Washington because Denzel Denzel, yeah. Denzel is the one that actually his changed. character has to change. His character has to change the most. Um, so, but Philadelphia was a turning point movie. It was a major actor playing, uh, playing a, uh, a queer on screen and a gay, uh, you know, gay man, uh, living, living in the life and actually doing a major lawsuit. And it, you know, it ended up being one of the zeitgeist movies of, of the nineties. Um, and it's, it's an important movie. It's not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna lie about it. It's one of those movies that, you know, one, one, one Oscars caused the debate to happen and actually uh, helped with the 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 thawing of the uh, 
you know, the, the, it helped, you know, cause Tom Hanks was willing to play a gay character. So, all, you know, it helped and it brought everybody on board. Now at the time we didn't think anything of those things, right? We didn't think anything of anything of a straight actor playing a gay role. Now it would be something that's kind of frowned upon. So it's, it has to, t- you have to take that into account when you look at, when you look at the, the, the lasting impact of this movie. Right. right? So I, and that's I kind of the thing, like looking at, the five movies on this list, four of them are these are very, very culturally important, like game changers, like something that they were done in times that nobody was doing that stuff. And then yeah, one and- is kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get it, but compared to the other four that are in the list, it just doesn't um, have the gravitas. I, 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 mean. I, I understand. I think, well, I think I know which one you're talking about. But we'll get to it because it's much higher on the list than probably it should be. But so number four on the list uh, is Brokeback Mountain. Um, again, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, and Heath Ledger in a, you know, directed by Ang Lee, didn't win Best Picture, lost Best Picture, should have won Best Picture. Um, it is one of the saddest and, uh, you know, it's just a great movie. Um, it's a you know, pretty brutal it, movie. It is, but it's also, it's also one of the, uh, I would argue it's one of the most heartfelt movies on our list. Like in the sense I that can't it's, quit you, man. I just can't quit you. Yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> that, but it's also like, uh, Ledger's Ennis Del Mar is so astounding. It is such a sad performance and it is well, such wait, a the director was like a big time she was like yeah, the Ang Lee. thing. No, Ang Lee. What has she directed recently? It's, she it's was like Ang the hottest Lee. thing it's going. A, it's a it's a man. Ang Lee it's is a man. man. But he was he was the hottest thing going for a while. Yes. And then we well, had a lot of good things going. You know, he did uh Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon and um but it's it's based on an Annie Proust short story. Larry McMurtry wrote the screenplay. So it's got you know, Michelle Williams is fantastic in it. It won a bunch of awards. It did great, you know, won three Oscars. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um you know, it won Best Director, it won Best Writing, um, and it won Best Achievement um, Original Score. But it didn't win Picture, it didn't win Ledger's performance, didn't win Gyllenhaal's performance, didn't win, and Michelle Williams didn't win, and it didn't win Cinematography. So it was nominated for a slew, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight awards, and only won three. Um, but it is one of the it is one of the most heartfelt movies. It is. It is truly about remorse. The idea that you can fall in love with somebody and you choose not to do it because you just can't get over yourself, can't get over the time frame, and then eventually you run out of time to be with that person. It's super sad, and it's amazing. Um, and it's it's still talked about today. People still talk about it. It is, it is you know, one of the great love stories uh, ever put on film. Uh, number and again, my only problem with our list, our list is very top heavy with popular uh, LGBTQ movies. We didn't get as many um, like ones that people found that maybe their friends, their friends who are LGBTQ uh, plus turned them on to. So we're going to talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but number three was Bohemian Rhapsody. Major hit. Lots of uh, lots of behind the scenes wrangling from Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, but again, the, the center of these movies are these great star-making performances. Um, so Rami Malek playing uh, Freddie Mercury, 
Um, you know, the movie did just did gangbusters at the box office. It's about Queen. Um, it, you know, it has incredible music performances in it. It's directed by Brian Singer, who had all kinds of issues while filming this movie. Um, and it is one of the great rock biopics. And I think we're going to get a slew of rock biopics. And you know, we had Rocket Man that came out after it. Um, but it's it's really good. Rami Malek is really good. The songs, the music is infectious. And it's just... It's great. It, it's really great. The, one of the better rock. Like, Rocket Man was good, but it wasn't the same. But I think the interesting thing is we've had Rocket Man, we've had Bohemian Rhapsody. So we've had, like, these movies where we're peeling back the layers the people that make our music sometimes are people we don't, we have no idea who they really like where they really are. Cause they've, they've been, they've gone out of the way to keep it a secret. And sometimes it ends up destroying them or causes addiction or all kinds of things. And so just, we should be happy with our artists, but we should also be acceptable, acceptable, you know, of inclusivity and being able to, you know, just accept people for who they are, but it's a great movie and Malik's really great. And there was just so much going on behind the scenes for that movie. Um, this is the movie that I think. This is the one I was talking about. So you don't think the gravitas? You don't think the gravitas is there for for this? Well, compared to the other four in the top five, the gravitas of what it meant, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, votes, Bohemian Rhapsody's got, got. I don't what, think Bohemian a decade Ra- on the closest movie to it. I, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody's better. Right, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody's better than either Brokeback or Philadelphia. If that's that's definitely. Well, the, I think the, I'm talking like quality. significance. Like if once you see the, yeah. the other two, they're on the list. Like, um, that because like uh, to just to, Philadelphia was made in what ninety So like movies like that weren't getting made then. You know what I mean? Those stories weren't getting yeah, told. Be, be same with Bird, same with the next one we're talking about, which is Birdcage. Nobody was making movies like that. You know what I mean? And for Robin Williams to be in a movie like that, that's you know, a game changer, and then broke back for Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger at the top. I mean, echelons of his career to make something like that. Those, these are the to- the stories that were getting told finally yeah. that weren't getting told for a long time. And then, so yeah, so number two, we kind of jumped it, but it's okay. Birdcage, Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, Gene Hackman, Diane Weiss, directed by Mike Nichols, based on La Caja Faux. Um, and it, you know, it comes out in 1996. So it comes out three years after, uh, after Philadelphia and it's, and it's a blockbuster at the box office. It just, it destroys the box office. It kills. Um, it does amazing things. Um, it doesn't like, it doesn't carry any fever like with, uh, it did win the best cast at the screen actors guild. So like you're talking about the people in this cast and they've all done, you know, they're all astounding. Robin Williams, Is Gene it? Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane Weist, Hank Azaria, Kristen Baranski, Dan Futterman. All off the charts. Amazing. Yeah, that's a fantastic. That's like one of the best cast ever assembled. <laughs> right. It's funny and it brings it, it sticks close to home. Uh, it of course, involves a, a person. Um, a, a little bit embarrassed about his fa- what his family life is. Basically, he's marrying into an ultra conservative Republican Party kind of family. Right. And his parents, uh, you know, his dad is gay, and in his his, I want to say stepmom, but it's not stepmom. His his stepparent is is his uh, his father's lover, and basically, and you know, Nathan Lane does everything he can to to ingratiate himself to this family by posing as a woman to make sure it's okay. 
for his son in this in this wedding, and it's just it it's it's funny, and Robin Williams is great in it, and it's you know, like I said, though, one of the things that, that are a little perplexing about the list, our list, is that the people pick movies, they're all almost all uh, significantly box office hits. Right. And all, they were all widely accepted by by audiences, um, and not necessarily not the most challenging five LGBTQ movies that we have, right? They're kind of like movies that either I broke say, but I think junk- the star power made these movies successful. Yes, and they 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 punch through. Uh, number one on our list, not surprising because of our group and because of the people that watch our show or listen. Number one is Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think for a lot of people my age and a lot of people um, who grew up on Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror is one of the few pe- places where uh, you know a Rocky Horror show, which you've been to, Paul. Everybody's invited to a Rocky Horror show. There's no right. There's you no can, you you come as you are. You are. Um, you are accepted. Everybody's accepted, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of LGBTQ subtext in the movie. Um, you know, you know, Frankenfurter is one of the great LGBTQ characters, you know, sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Um, and Tim Curry is fantastic. And, you know, it is one of those movies. I think it's a movie where I think it jumps out in the LGBTQ community because it's all about acceptance. It's all about coming as you are and, and, you know, midnight shows everywhere and everybody, everybody's got something that they want. Right. And Rocky horror is one of the things where, you know, you jump up and that's, you know, that's a movie where you, I rem- I do remember when I was a kid going to Rocky horror and seeing two, two guys kiss and not even think about it. And, and that's, you know, maybe that helps one of the things Rocky horror fans are always very accessible to the LGBTQ community. And I think it's, Cause it's just cause we don't care. Like we, it's like we've already seen it. It's already done. You know, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I think when you go to Rocky horror, you see so many things, so many uh, foibles and peccadillos and preferences and, and you know, people who are born the way they're born, you know what I mean? And it's just, everything clicks and it becomes one of those movies. It becomes like a rallying cry. Right. Right. So I, I think it's, it, it's a good choice. I do want to go over some of the lesser known films on our list. I'm happy about Rocky Horror, but like some movies that that made the list that you know we 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 didn't get to talk about Capote, Better Than Chocolate, Death in Venice, The Children's Hour, which is a really old great movie, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is recent, Call Me by Your Name, which is Timothy Chalamet, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Big Eden, uh, somebody put up Vampiros Lesbos, which again for a lot of people who are watching older horror films, it was the first time you saw things like that. Dog Day Afternoon, which is Al Pacino, you know, uh, robbing a bank for his gay lover uh, so he can have surgery. Uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, which is a fantastic French film that came out in the last couple of years. Moonlight Bound, which is an excellent movie with uh, Jennifer Tilly and mm-hmm. Gina Gershon. Uh, Longtime Companion, which is one of the first movies about the AIDS crisis. Uh, the Danish Girl, which is recent. Uh, Rocket Man, which is good. There's a great movie called The Broken Hearts Club. Um, and it's and it's a widely known gem. I had a lot of gay. F- oh no, frozen again. I gotta rewatch Dog Day Afternoon. I haven't watched Dog Day Afternoon in forever, so I completely forgot. I actually, I'm, 
Have I ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? That would be wild if I've never seen it before, but I don't remember it that well at all. So maybe I have to go rewatch it because I was actually confused on why it was on the list. So I probably have to go back and rewatch it because Dog Day Afternoon's like a like a. Uh, Am I back? Know, I'm back. You're um, back. A okay. Very important. Um, but yeah, Dog Day Afternoon is fantastic. But the Broken Hearts Club, just really quick. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Um, and it's just about a bunch of friends um, that basically um, they come together and, and just, you know, find love in L.A. It's really great. Um, and it's one of those movies that people don't talk about enough. The Imitation I actually In-N-Out <laughs> was going to get way more votes. In-N-Out is another one of those movies where it's, it's a mainstream star that's willing, that's willing to do anything. Uh, Imitation Game got votes. Boys Don't Cry, which is, again, a um, phenomenal piece of filmmaking about, um, about the murder of a, of a transgender uh, person. Uh, Paris is Burning. Victor Victoria, I voted for because so, one of the things about this list that was interesting that you know people brought up, are they, are they great LGBTQ movies or are they movies that... And for me, Victor Victoria was a movie I saw in 1982 when I was eight where I didn't care the sexual preference of the characters was. It was a, it's a comedy. It's funny. Right. Uh, Robert Preston is tremendous, uh, you know, and, and the, it's a ridiculous com- comedic concept. A woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman. Like, it's just, it's brilliant. Uh, Cabaret got some votes. A Nightmare on Elm Street. I, mean, I want to bring this up for Jason Gussow. I was confused who, that one. No, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of, it, like, there is a documentary on Shudder right now about A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 um, and how it was a, there's a lot of gay subtext in A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Um, and it's, and it's one of those things, the, the person in that movie, the kid who, um, the kid who was in that movie, uh, became a, like the scream became a, um, became a really a focal point for up and for, um, people for youth. Um, and it's, it's basically, uh, the, the name of the documentary is scream queen, my nightmare on Elm street. And it's about the kid. And basically, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And basically, um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of subtext in that movie. There's a you know visit to a gay bar and the, the gym teacher's gay. And so there's a lot of things in it that nobody really right. pays attention to. <clears throat> so it's really interesting. I put Heavenly Creatures, I put, which is Kate Winslet. Again, can't go wrong with Kate Winslet. It's about two girls that murder, uh, murder some people in Australia based on a real case. Fried Green Tomatoes, but I'm a cheerleader is a fantastic movie with Natasha Leone um, from the American Pie movies. Uh, mean Girls has some has some stuff going on. Love Simon's great. I also put Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Is that a movie? Of, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a movie. Yes, fantastic. It's a musical that they never made into a movie. No, they made it in the movie. It's a it's a full on musical for the movies. I, I actually thought that could be one of the movies you could watch musicals that you would get you going because the rock music well, is so good. Neil Patrick Harris in this version, or who's the main no person? the the person in it is the person that actually did it. Um, because I know from living in New York, John John Cameron Mitchell is the person who wrote Henry and directed the Angry Inch like a lot of people rotated who the main so Michael C. Hall right. was in it for a little while yeah. and Patrick Harris was in it for a little while John Cameron John Cameron Mitchell put the book and the musical hmm. did the movie uh, movie came out in let's see 
2001. So right, and then it went eventually went back to Broadway. That's how right. good the, the movie was. That it was so good, it actually uh, went back to Broadway. Uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert got some votes. In and Out got some votes. Rent got some votes. Two Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar got votes. So these are all movies that are part of our LGBTQ renaissance in theaters. And I, I'm very happy about the list. Um, celebrating Pride Month and, you know, a shout out. We're allies if you ever need us or anything. We're always here. Um, so what else we got? Well, we We've just need a, what's the top five for next week. I, I was thinking about this really hard. We're in the summer movie going season. The Quiet Place Part 2 just hit. I think we should do what are your top five movie sequels? Did we do sequels already? No, we haven't. So top five sequels. Your top five movie sequels. Top five movie sequels of all time. Okay. What are your I'm top five? That. I'm down. Um, we're we're going to have some that are clearly going to be on the list and then some that might jump up. But A Quiet Place Part 2, I think, is one of those movies where you start thinking, of like, when was the last time I saw a super good sequel? Like, what was what was really great? You know what I mean? Very, a Quiet Place... very uh, rare. That a yes, that a really sequel is... Uh, my dad always used to say, a sequel is never equal. Well, because, I, I mean, the rare it's going to be is... Aliens, Terminator 2. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, I, actually, I think, well, okay, if you're going Aliens, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything else. But, like, Lethal Weapon 2 has to be, like, near right. it. Because Lethal yeah. Weapon 2 is better than Lethal Weapon. So it's like, you know, it's actually a better movie than the first one. Like, it's just, it's crazy that it is. But we're going to do your top five sequels next week. Also, Terminator versus And a drag-out, knockout affair. The badass tournament continues. Congratulations on your Indiana Jones win. Do you have a picture for it? I'm sure you do. Or do you? Have a... No, I don't. I, I didn't. I forgot to look at that. So okay. Where else? Where else can they find you, Paul Spratt? At Paul Spratt on everything, like always. And you can find me at the Florida Movie Guy on the Twitter and the Facebook. Just change and... it to the Movie Guy. I'm, I'm, I might. I, don't be the Florida it's... Movie Guy. You're alienating fifty percent of the world. Fifty percent? Well, no, more than fifty percent of the people that hate Florida. Well, yeah, but that's, that's, you know, just because I live in a state doesn't mean you hate me. Anyway, it's where I live. No, that's how um, some people are starting to operate. Oh, well, maybe. You maybe. went to a dance at 19, you must be racist. <laughs> you live in Florida. What are you doing? I just like yeah. the sun. I just like the sun and living next to Disney. Um, okay. Join us next week, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Share the link. Also, share the group we we we've kind of hit a standstill we're at 642 we'd like to be higher we'd like to get to a thousand by the end of the summer that is the goal end of the summer paul a thousand hits oh my god Let's it's fixed it. 8 p.m every I tuesday it. i fixed it every tuesday and then and up. then and then every thursday on all platforms thank you for joining us have a great night indian uh, terminator versus han solo and your top, top five, five sequels. movie sequels of all time Next week. Bye. Bye.